ministry. If you're called to that or you feel like you have a burden for it, you want to be involved, okay? Are we ready to go? All right, let's pray. Father, I pray that you'll come upon this word mightily. Come speak through me. Let everything be accomplished. Your will to be done. This is extremely important. Help us to give you our best and our full attention and get locked in by the power of the Holy Spirit, your anointing. And let this word get in us and let light shine forth. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Let everything be accomplished. Your will to be done through this teaching. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Just a quick word tonight about wisdom for the altar ministry. I believe this is part three. Wisdom, okay? If you need the notes, they're over there. If not, it's, you know, if you have them or whatever. All right, here it is. Catchers, whoever's catching, you need to make sure because we have different people catching at different times, okay? But all catchers make sure that you are actually agreeing in prayer with the person that's praying. <clears throat> I know that most of you are way too young to remember Buck Rogers, but lost in space, you know, some people become lost in space while they're catching and they're watching the fly. And listen, we need to really get focused on what's going on and be be there to agree did you know the bible says if two agree it's it's a lot more powerful than just one okay it exponentially increases spiritual authority and power so a catcher your obligation is not just to be attentive and catch but also that you're agreeing with that person and really believe in god for something significant and it will cause the anointing and the fruit to exponentially increase, not just a little bit, it will be substantial. So that's number one. Number two, stay focused when you're catching because things can happen suddenly. Y'all need to be aware of that, both those that are praying and those that are catching because I've had a lot of experiences over the years. You'll be praying for somebody and they'll just fall forward on you. I mean, out of nowhere, you're not expecting it. Next thing you know, your center just got somebody on you. Or they'll just drop. I've had that happen sometimes. You're praying for them. Next thing you know, they just go straight down. Or they'll go sideways real fast. You know, I've seen people go in the air. There's nothing you can do about that. <laughs> if God does that, you just got to let God catch them. God did it. God's going to have to catch them. Amen. But I've seen that where they fly through the air. So you need to be focused on what's going on because we don't want anybody the whole point of a catcher is just to make sure nobody gets hurt and usually it's not the person that falls so much that's going to get hurt it's usually if they fall on another person or they fall on something that they shouldn't so the catcher is just there just to kind of direct that and make sure that nobody's getting hurt that's the job so catchers you need to be very focused and don't let anybody get hurt that's the whole point and those that are praying for people the catcher can't see a 360 around him you know we can only our peripherals only here you're going to see behind the catcher so if you see that somebody has moved over behind him or something you need to also be communicating to the catcher be careful there's somebody right there you know you need to make sure that nobody gets hurt so just be aware of that also be spiritually clean going into battle and coming out I can't stress to you how important that is. If you go into battle and you have things in your life that, that have defiled you, that have opened you up to something for whatever reason, and then you go into battle, trust me, you're going to regret that. So make sure that your life is really cleansed and holy as you go into battle. And then when you come out of battle, there can be sometimes 
there can be a little bit of a defilement that you've picked up praying for other people. So you need to make sure that as you come out of battle that you also get cleansed before you go to sleep. Are y'all hearing me? Because I've had times where I ministered somewhere and prayed for a lot of people that were delivered of things and I went home before I knew any better and I didn't know much about this and I would just go to sleep and to wake up in the middle of the night being harassed by something. So you really just need to make sure that as you've prayed for all these people that you're going to take time to just get cleansed and sealed off from anything trying to attack you. Is this making sense? Am I explaining this well? So be careful going in and be careful coming back out of battle because altar ministry is spiritual warfare. Bottom line, that's what it is. Number, t uh, whatever, number four, whatever we're on here. Um, make sure that you do your best to not catch or touch anybody in a way that could be taken the wrong way. Let me say that one again. Be careful, because seriously, you can open yourself up to some very unnecessary criticism. Make sure that you do everything you can to not catch anybody or touch anybody in any way that can be misconstrued. Okay, when you're laying hands on people, you need to use a lot of wisdom, especially with the opposite sex. Okay, use a lot of wisdom. So when you're praying for people, just use a lot of wisdom about where your hands are. Pay attention to that. Pay attention if they fall, how you catch them. Just really be careful with that. Because that could really bother somebody. If somebody already has an issue with something that they were, they've been treated inappropriately in their life or something, so they've already got a sensitive issue there emotionally, and then they fall weird and you catch them weird, it can just cause a problem. So just be wise about that. I'm trying to give everybody a lot of wisdom here that can save you some heartache if you take this to heart, okay? Personal ministry. Try to have same-sex ministry if possible. Try to have, I get my wife and my daughter a lot of times to pray for women. Um, I'll pray for women, but sometimes, especially if they need to lay hands, say the person's sick, and they're, they have something wrong with their stomach, you know, I may have my wife lay hands on their stomach and pray for that. And be careful with the respect of that. If they, they're battling sickness, they may have a lot of pain. So be careful about laying hands. You know, somebody says that they have something wrong with their stomach, and I have my wife there, I'm like, can you pray for their stomach? You need to be real gentle about that because they may have a lot of pain there, okay? Lay hands on places that are appropriate. During the Brownsville revival, Pastor Kilpatrick just, you know, he was just laid it down. He says, this is the way it's going to be. He told everybody, you take your finger and you touch him on the forehead. That's all you do. And that, that solved the problem, didn't it? You know, right there. He's trying to keep it holy because, you, you know, you can't. Some people have more wisdom than other people. That's all I'm going to say. And he creates problems the pastor has to clean up sometimes. So just be really wise about how you lay hands on people. And just as a practical, we joke about this, but I grew up in Pentecost, so I can testify that this can be distracting. But, you know, if you're going to pray for people, try to be conscientious about the fact that um, things like breath mints, okay, I know we laugh and it's funny, but I'm being honest, it can be a distraction. Um, I've had some of you guys that grew up around Pentecost, you know what I'm talking about, I have all these people praying for you. So you want it to be the Holy Spirit knocking them out, not your breath, your breath or your BO, okay? I'm trying to be nice about it. 
try to have really good hygiene and, and um, breath mints and things like that. Seriously, so that it's not a distraction because the person may be sitting there enduring something and they want to receive, <laughs> but they're just being tormented at the moment. Another thing is whenever we do altar ministry, try to, okay, let's say God's moving through here and all these people are getting touched by God and there's, there's people out under the power all that's going on okay there's some people maybe that are done getting touched or whatever we all elders everybody we need to encourage people to take their conversations outside because that can really distract from what God's wanting to do somebody may be really receiving from the Lord and, and hearing from the Lord or seeing a vision or something and then you got somebody over here getting real loud joking around now you see it can be a real distraction so try to help people, just remind people that to take their conversations and things outside, let the Holy Spirit finish what he's doing. And I mentioned this earlier, but make sure catchers don't let people land on other people. There's sometimes that, you know, there's nothing you can do. God just hits a group and they all just fall at one time. What are you going to do, you know? God's in control of that. If God makes a mess, then it's God's issue to clean up his own mess. Amen? There's nothing we can do about it. I've seen where a whole group of people just just hit the ground. There's no catchers that are fast enough for that. All right, another thing, this is what I want to close with, and this is the main thing I wanted to get to. Whenever you're praying for people, okay, those that are going to be helping me with this, this is very important. Number one, you have the opportunity to help consecrate people. What I mean by that is you can anoint them with oil and pray that the blood of Jesus over them, that God really just wash and consecrate them as holy. That's very important. There's a lot of people, because of their past or just not knowing any better, they've opened themselves up to things, things that maybe they watch on TV. They haven't learned yet to not be defiled. But you praying like that is very powerful. That can help them really get cleansed from some pollution that may be hindering them so that's number one number two command and release healing into their life this is huge that you know jesus many times when he prayed he just said be healed amen but it's our responsibility to pray and believe lord we release right now healing if they need healing in their spirit they need healing in their soul they need their broken heart healed they need physical healing they need healing in relationships. We speak and command healing right now in their life. That's a big deal. It's very important that we're praying and releasing healing in their life. Amen? So y'all help me with that. When you pray for people, you know, if you want to consecrate them first, that's important. I try to do that a lot. That's why I anoint people with oil. But then pray, Lord, let your healing flow right now. And speak healing into their life. And while you're doing that, you may sense something there or they may tell you that they've had a healing issue in their life and speak directly to that i command this sickness be cursed and die i break the power of this thing i break the assignment of this thing against them i command healing to release now in jesus name and once you've gone through that speak to pain to leave speak to inner healing issues to that, that trauma leave people. Break the power of this stuff. We have authority over this. Break the power of this stuff. Number three in this, 
category here is to destroy the works of Satan. We have authority over the works of the devil. So whether it's a curse, whether it's a bondage, whether it's an addiction, whether whatever it is that's a work of the devil, we have authority over it. And in Jesus' name, I break the power of that thing. Just break it off of them. And I'll tell you, most of the time when I'm praying for people and I do that, I can physically see people jolt. Is that, you know what that is? That in the spirit realm, there's an explosion of authority and power when we rise up and use our God-given authority over these things. And the devil's kingdom does not have a right. You know, in Christians' lives, I know that the enemy does things, but the enemy really truly does not have a right, really. You know, because they're, they're now in the kingdom of God. And so technically speaking, they're, they're illegitimately trying to do things. And we have authority over that. So rise up, break and destroy the works of the devil and command that stuff to go and command demonic spirits to go if you discern that. All right, so those are the things I really want people to hear me on. Consecrate, command and release healing. Speak directly to anything of the devil's kingdom. And I'll tell people as we grow, we pray that way for everybody. Okay, so nobody needs to get offended about anything. Some people are really sensitive about whatever. You know what I mean? You pray for them, it's like, oh man, they thought I was this horrible person because they commanded anything of the devil to lead. It's like, man, we pray that way for everybody. Just get over it. But any, just what I do is anything of the devil, anything trying to hinder, resist, hold them back, anything generational, whatever, I break it off you in Jesus' name and command to go. And I command these spirits to be bound, release right now, go in Jesus' name. And many, many people will, there's a release, it's tremendous. And, and people here, many of you can attest to being more free because of that type of praying. But you need to confront it head on. You've got to directly confront sickness, directly confront Satan's kingdom, and drive it back with authority and power. And then the last thing in this category is to release impartation. This ministry is a revival ministry. It's a ministry of anointing. And so there's an anointing here to be imparted to other people. And God's going to be bringing us people in the future from other countries around this nation. And they're going to be here to receive an impartation. And it is important that they get it. So I pray, I consecrate them. I, I command healing in every area. I destroy the works of the devil, drive it out. Now, Lord, release your impartation. Anoint them. Fill them. Baptize them in the Holy Ghost and fire. Lord, release whatever you have for them right now, impartation. And literally, there can be mantles come on people. There can be gifts begin to operate in their life that they never had operated before. There can be an anointing now to do things they've never done before. And some of you that's been in this mystery a long time, probably without even realizing it, as you're witnessing and the Spirit of God is upon you and you feel that anointing, that's imparted to you from here. You're praying for the sick and you're seeing them healed. That's an impartation you've picked up. Now it's our time to begin to pass it to other people. Amen? All right. And let me give you a few more things and we'll be done. This is wisdom tonight. Don't make predictions and be wise about what you share and what you see. Okay? Let me encourage you about this because some people really need to hear this. Not, not everybody, but just a few people. Make sure that you're not trying to get a prophetic word. If you get something, you get something. Does everybody understand what I'm saying about that? If you get something, you'll get it. But don't try to look for it. Don't try to get it. That's how 
stuff starts happening where you're making predictions and prophecies that are just not God, and it's very discouraging to people. How many of you guys be honest that you, somebody has told you, this is what the Lord says to you, thus says the Lord, and it never happened, and looking back on it, you know that truthfully that was not actually the Lord. Raise your hand. Be honest. Everybody pretty much here, those live stream. Now, here's the thing. We want as little of that as absolutely possible. Amen? Because it's very discouraging to people. people some people that, have, that already may be wondering, is God real? And then they come in and they get some false prophecy. They go out, it doesn't happen, it's not God. How do you think they're going to feel about the reality of God after that? Other people may come in and think, I wonder if this revival thing, this prophetic thing is even really real anyway. And they come in, I'm going to give it a chance. And then they get some false prophecy. And then they leave out, how are they going to feel about revival and the prophetic ministry after that? They're going to feel like it's a bunch of fake garbage, aren't they? So we want as little of that as absolutely possible. I don't try to make predictions. If God gives me something, I'm not looking for it. I'll tell him. But that's something that you really want to filter and make sure that it's the Lord, okay? And be wise what you share with people. Just because I'm praying for somebody and I see something does not mean that I'm going to share that with that person. That may be just simply to pray for them, you know? how maybe you're to pray for them the angle you're to pray for them but it's not necessarily that you need to share that with them god may show you some stuff you need to be very wise and very careful about that and be gentle about things you know a, a way that you can approach something prophetic if you feel that god has maybe shown you something you can very humbly and just with a real sweet spirit just ask him say is this something that maybe has been there you know, I'm just wondering. And, and they may say to you, well, as a matter of fact, it is. And then you can start talking to them and pray with them about it. But that's a good way to approach it. Another thing that I've learned in altar ministry is to encourage people to receive by faith. Used to, and I did this a lot, I would ask people, okay, what are you feeling? What's going on? You know, then I found out that most people go by feelings instead of faith. And because they're not feeling something, they think automatically right there, well, God didn't do it. And then that's it. They just killed their miracle. So I've learned to quit doing that. I don't do that anymore. I don't care what they feel, honestly. It doesn't really matter if you feel something or not. Let's receive by faith. And while I'm praying for people, many times I'll be praying for them, and I'll be saying it, Lord, right now we receive this by faith. Y'all probably heard me do that. Lord, we receive this right now. We lay hold of it by faith. We're believing together as two it to be done encourage people to take stuff by faith because i have seen many times where people left out and then they told me later they're like man it's something radical happened i woke up the next day and it was just different or you know over this week period something changed but see if they had been in the altar and they had just put their focus on feelings alone they could have left out of there saying i guess god didn't do it he's not going to do it it'll never happen and it would have killed it but when you encourage people let take it by faith that's the difference all right and also make sure that you give people the opportunity to give jesus all the glory this is a big deal this is a big deal with jesus and if we if we're not careful and we start taking the glory um that will offend jesus 
and I don't think any of you want to offend Jesus. I don't, okay? I don't want to get on his bad side about things like that. If, if somebody gets healed or they get delivered of something, they're like, oh, man, this is so awesome, and then they start looking at you. Thank you so much. It's like, whoa, <laughs> stop right there. Okay, all I did was pray for you, and they could have prayed for you, they could have prayed for you. Now, listen to me. This right here will fix the whole thing. Tell him, say, you stop, you start thanking Jesus. I'll agree with you. Jesus healed you. You thank him, okay? I'll agree. And then let them start thanking Jesus. They're going to get their focus on him and start thanking him. That, I promise you, will make Jesus very happy. But don't let them put it on you. And the last thing is, just because people fall out does not mean God's done. Did you know I've had times where I saw that a demonic spirit knocked somebody down to get them away from me? Did y'all know that? I've seen it. I'd be praying for people, and somebody, poof, they go out, you know, and I was like, that wasn't God. That was demonic. The enemy was trying to get them away from me, so I'd stop praying for them. And then there's other times I've seen where people are just overcome by the presence of God and sometimes it's funny because they're not used to revival and I've, I've walked out just simply to start praying for people and you hear them oh my god poof, they're, they're just gone and it's like that was really fast and so that does not mean that God is finished so my point in that is this we can kneel down and keep praying for them just be aware of the fact that just because somebody fell does not mean it's God and it does not mean that God's finished so we need to be careful to maybe stay with that and keep praying for them. I've actually had my wife, my daughter, somebody to kneel down and keep interceding. I've asked other people to keep interceding for them until they felt a release because I didn't feel like God was done. It's not that the person's doing anything wrong because they're not, but it's just that maybe they couldn't handle the presence of God so that their physical bodies just collapsed. Or maybe they need to be delivered of something that demonic spirit said, no, no, no get away from me and threw them down. I've seen that happen. I remember one time there was a girl that she was in witchcraft and I was praying for people. I knew she was. I, I couldn't believe she wanted me to pray for her. Meanwhile, I was going through and I was praying for her and I went, up, went right by her. And I mean, just as soon as I got to her, she slammed on the ground. And everybody around there is thinking, well, God touched her. No, that demon of witchcraft didn't want me praying for her. So I remember I stayed with it with her, you know. And, I've, and I cast the demons out of some of these people. So just... Be aware of this tactic of the enemy, okay? So hopefully the wisdom today of using breath mints and all these other things that I have given you will stay with you, okay? So Lord, I pray you promise you give us wisdom if we ask liberally without finding fault. So just give us wisdom about these things, Lord. I pray help us, just mantle us with great wisdom to not go around making flippant predictions, you know, and just be casual about that. We don't want to shipwreck people about revival and different things. Lord. We want to be responsible with the people you entrust to us or to be wise about how we touch people, how we catch people, to, to be wise about what you're doing and what you're not doing. Help us, Lord, to have great wisdom to take things by faith and encourage that and to give you, Jesus, all the glory in all things. Lord, we thank you for it now. Seal this time and help us to remember this and apply this word to not just be hearers, but doers. In Jesus' name we pray. 
So as you go, the Lord bless you, river of life, keep him, protect you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you, lift up his countenance toward you, establish your life, you're going out, coming in, in his shalom, his presence, and I bless you that the holy angels of the Lord are going around your life and in front of you to keep you safe. I bless you in Jesus' name. And Lord, thank you for hearing and answering every prayer tonight, meeting every need. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. You guys be blessed.